Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Jittletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Gainesville, Florida is Kelly Cooper. Kelly is Compliance Specialist at UF Health Shands Compliance Services. And today we're going to be talking about open payments. First, Kelly, thanks for talking with us today. Um, so the open payments program was created to increase transparency into the relationships between healthcare providers and the drug and data device manufacturers, as you all know. But as you noted in your recent article in Compliance Today magazine, that scrutiny by providers of the data that is collected about them appears to be declining. What's going on? So I think that's the magic question, and it's a great question, Adam. I think that there is a lot that's happening. And first, I want to clarify, because I'm probably going to use some program language about reporting entities and covered recipients, which say that five times fast when you also deal with HIPAA. But reporting entities are the drug and device manufacturers, and the covered recipients are providers, or in the case of teaching hospitals, the lucky facility winners to be covered under the program. And one of the factors I think is this downward trend in the providers reviewing these reported payments about them because of the fact there's just a general lack of awareness about the program and why it matters and what it is. For example, I've been in compliance and health information roles for almost a decade, and I didn't know about the program until two years ago. I think the other fact that's really affecting this is that Reporting entities are required by the law to gather the payments together and report them to CMS on an annual basis. The information for the providers themselves is rather that they are encouraged but not required to go and vet those reports and ensure that they're accurate. And most of the information that's out there on the program is for the manufacturers to tell them how to report appropriately, but not really for the providers to get involved. As you might imagine, with the growing list of things to do and a finite number of resources, it's easy for this to fall on the to-do list. So what's going on at the state level? Are there efforts there to fill the holes that are building up? I think this is, the answer to this question is really a yes, but. Yes, there are some efforts being done at the state level, but California is the only state to have something officially on the books about this. They, as they often are, are the first ones to see a new law and say, hey, we probably need something about this. So at the beginning of 2023 in January, a new law went into effect that requires physicians and other providers covered by the open payments program and the hospitals that employ them to post a notice to patients on what the open payments database is, how to access it, and what they might find there. This is a bigger part of a bigger trend where we're seeing this information pushed out to the public, especially in terms of patient care shopping. So as you might imagine, this data talks about potential relationships between these manufacturers and providers, where maybe it looks like they're getting a lot of money from a particular manufacturer, and that could factor into a patient's choice of healthcare. I think that this is a great push to get this out there for the public to become aware that this data is available. I think it's also going to have a bit of a snowball effect to get providers more engaged because if you're going to have to put a big sign up in your office, you probably want to know a little bit more about what you're telling people to go look at. But I don't think that it does everything it needs to to get providers engaged. And this data is going to get used. 
actually on the first of this month, Reuters published an article that was an investigation between the payments reported to obesity doctors by the manufacturers of some of these popular weight loss drugs and their prescribing trends in order to kind of draw some inferences from that. So as you imagine, anybody who reads that article is going to form an opinion based on that data, and the providers aren't going out and making sure that data is properly reported. That's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. So now let's talk about the Open Payments Database and Portal. What should compliance teams be doing to ensure that their organizations are meeting the reporting requirements? That's another great question. And while it sounds a little bit silly, the first step is just to find out what is covered. Are everyone in your organization covered? Is the organization itself covered? The program covers physicians, so those who hold MD and DO licenses. It covers dentists. It covers nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and several other types of specialized nurse practitioners and teaching hospitals. So it's important to understand which components of your organization are covered and, of course, which one do you have scope of looking into. Once you have that kind of information, then you can start looking at your training and awareness. Is there something internal that you need to do unrelated to the actual open payments database and the reporting? But most compliance teams already have education and training and policies around some of the biggest areas. So meals, gifts, travel, entertainment. So tucking in a little bit of information about the open payments program usually isn't that difficult. The other thing that's really important is once you know who's covered is to look at how you sign up to manage your profile in the open payments portal from the CMS enterprise management system. And to make sure that you are keeping that account up to date. And the good news is that the open payments review and dispute process happens the exact same time every year, April 1st to May 16th. And with a few templates, it boils down to exchanging emails for a couple of days. Well, that seems easy enough to do, but what about situations where there's a dispute in the data? Is there a mechanism in place? There is, and there's a couple different ways this is tackled. So the CMS portal, there's two sides to it. There's the public facing database where everyone can go and see what was reported for the last calendar year or previous calendar years. And then there's the open payment system where the manufacturers and uh, drug companies will go and report the payments for the covered recipients and where the recipients can go in to review and dispute that before they're published to the public. And the before is really the important part. The other thing with this is that a dispute in the open payments portal, uh, open payment system, or if you do it outside the system via email, isn't a dispute as we're used to it. So it's not saying, hey, you're wrong. It's saying, hey, I need additional information in order to vet this payment. So that's a good way to start off looking at it. Once you get in the system, these reports are made available on April 1st. You can download them in a spreadsheet and go through them. And if you're expecting one, then you don't really need to do anything about it. But if you see one that you don't understand, manufacturers have this down to a science. Open payments isn't their only foray into transparency reporting. So they usually have a person or a team that oversees all of this process. They almost always provide their email so you can reach out to them, which is really great because the CMS system only allows you to dispute one record at a time. So that's one payment report. Imagine if you have 15, 20, or even 100, 
that's going to be a little labor intensive on both sides. So being able to compile all that down, including the report ID in an email makes it a little faster. Sending the vendor the required documentation that you need is also really important. So saying, hey, we see you reported this payment. We need an invoice that shows us who paid it, what it was for, the location, et cetera, will allow you to dispute something faster. As a teaching hospital, for example, it's very easy for reports to get mixed up because we're co-located with physicians. So with our you know, constantly growing healthcare system, it's easy to see how something as small as an address means a payment goes to the wrong person. The other note on this is it's very important that even if you're working outside of the system with your vendor to discuss the payment, if you don't have it resolved by the 15th of May, it's important to go in and mark it as disputed in the open payment system, because then it will publish as disputed showing the public that there was a disagreement about the payment and you're still working with the vendor to resolve it. So how should the team be using the data it is inputting and also the data it's getting out of the system? So the great thing is that this data is so useful in so many ways. And I think it's useful even for organizations that may not have someone covered directly related to them. So say a hospital itself may not have a requirement to review payments, but some of your physicians on your staff or your providers on your staff are covered and things are being reported about them. So one way that could be used is when it comes time to look at privileges or staffing um, credentialing, you can go in and look at this and say, oh, they have a trend of getting a lot of payments from this particular company. Let's talk about that. It can also be really useful in auditing and monitoring. So if there's a case, for example, the OIG releases something that they've charged a manufacturer for inducing a company to file false claims, then you can come to your organization and say, okay, let's look at either what's reported about us or reported about our providers. And does it look like there's a trend here that maybe we need to do an internal audit to see if they were doing this to us as well. And it's really great as a, sort of meter stick for how your gift and education policies are being used. Do you have providers who are maybe going out and going to France to conferences on a manufacturer's dime when that's against your policy and procedure? And if so, how do you address that? So I think there's a lot of really great ways from the anti-kickbacks, false claims, to just credentialing and privileging and day-to-day -day auditing and monitoring that this data can benefit any compliance program. Well, it certainly sounds it. And uh, I'd like to thank you for calling out this great opportunity and the challenges that there are with uh, open payments, both in the article and on the podcast today. I wanna thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Sertoltaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.